Hey there, American Farmsteaders. My name is Donna. I am with Hazel Bell Farm, sitting here with my good friend, Jenny, with the Gramstead Family Farm. Hey, y'all. And we are here to close out 2022. Yes, because it's that time. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been a minute since we've talked. I was just thinking that. Yeah, yeah it has <laughs> been a minute. We, um, we've we just been taking a break. It's been the holidays. We had Thanksgiving. We have Christmas coming, and um, it's, it's busy. <laughs> yes, it's definitely been busy. Um, so it was a much-needed break. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and we will continue the break a bit. Through Christmas. Yeah. So this is our, this is your one week reprieve from our break. That's right. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And then we're going to be back in January and um, I'm sure we'll have lots to chat about. Yeah. And we're going to have some interviews coming out next year and that kind of thing too. Yeah. So that'll be cool. That'll be exciting. Yeah, I think so. We just actually have to get it lined up. We'll do it. We'll do it. We're doing it. It's great. So we're talking about 2022 and the things that we learned on our farms going into 2023. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, I personally had some pretty big takeaways from 2022. I had a couple, actually. I'm sure I did, too. I'm just, I I don't know. Nothing is fresh, Mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. And I Felt I said to you before we were even talking about podcasting today that um, I feel like in all facets of life I'm constantly playing catch up right now. Yeah, and um, you know, which is fine. It's not like anything bad has happened. I'm just so busy, <laughs> and yes. always, oh, I feel like I'm just spinning my wheels a little mm-hmm. bit. But, mm-hmm. um, but it's okay. Like busy's okay. Yeah, I just uh, we've we've had some rest recently, and that's been good. Mm-hmm. And working into the next year, and we'll have more rest in our winter season. Yes, that's just starting. Yes, and um, yeah, I I don't know. I really don't know what to take away from this last year. <laughs> I don't know how profound I'm going to be today. <laughs> well, my my first takeaway is about rest. Mm. So that's totally appropriate. Yeah. Um, that if we don't rest, we can't bear fruit. Right. And which is exactly what happened with my garden mm-hmm. in the spring. It was that seventh year garden. That was a big takeaway for you this that year. That was a huge takeaway for me this year that um, there's definitely some value in letting your land rest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it kind of fits in with like, You know, not only with like gardening, but like with rotational grazing, even, Mm -hmm. you know, it's that rest that you can give your land Mm -hmm. that's going to make it to produce more fruit. To do better. Um, And then same thing, like personally, like if you're constantly spinning your wheels and you're not resting, you're going to get burnt out, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, I've had some physically challenging issues recently and it's forced me to rest yeah and um sometimes we need that yeah yeah it's not healthy to skip out on the rest there's there's a reason god commands it of us it's not a choice right um if if we choose to ignore it then we're gonna pay for it yeah it's gonna be worse than if you didn't rest right (laughs) it's 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 true it's true um and you know that that was a huge, a huge takeaway in my garden early this year. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about all the areas on the farm that, that naturally get rest. And that is, uh, you know, for us, we, when we, we milk cows, like the cow needs yeah. rest between her last lactation and her next lactation. Yes. The, the grass needs rest between cows chewing on it and stomping it or sheep or whatever. Uh-huh. It ne- and even chickens. Like, you know, we're pulling our chicken tractors around. That ground needs rest before they yep. come back to it so that they have something to eat. Yep. Um, all, all those little parts. All those little things. Yeah. So I just encourage y'all, like, if you feel like you need to rest... <laughs> please rest (laughs) it's so much easier said than done though you know that rest thing it is so that's a good one that's a good one um you know and another thing that which I think maybe kind of applies to your farm which we talked a little bit about earlier is (laughs) how you've been like in a big like infrastructure setup yeah getting your farm set up to how you, it's going to work for you and for your family and for your animals and spinning your wheels, getting all that infrastructure set up is ultimately what's kind of going to give you some built in rest. Right. You know? Yes. And that's something that, um, like for example, automatic waterers, yes. you know, like I'm not toting water to cows every day. No, I don't want to tote water to chickens every day either. No. Um, automatic waterers are something that I can, I, it, it gives me one less thing to do. One less thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And one less, one less thing to worry about. All I have to do is peek and make sure, Oh, yep. The float's working. Right. Yep. The pig has water. Yep. Yeah. My pigs <laughs> just broke theirs. Oh, I know. They're jerks. Pigs are jerks, man. They're so fun now. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so I got to fix that. But luckily I had another float valve because we got to rummage through an old guy's barn and found all kinds of like farm stuff. Oh, and, nice. And he had a bunch of float valves and I'm like, yes. Take yes, them all. We need those. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, having that infrastructure in place. I'm thinking of all the infrastructure we've done over the last year because we did just move our farm last year. Yeah. We, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. We we did a lot of fence this last year. Mm-hmm. We timbered a chunk of land yep. that is still not usable, but it was a step in the right direction. That'll take a long time. It will. It, it will. will. We're working on it. That's what Eric wants to get into over the winter. Yeah. Before it really grows Gets back in the, the spring. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's not in my control. That's a good takeaway I've gotten this last year is that I have to be more willing to delegate. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's he's that's his domain is that mm-hmm. chunk of land. Mm-hmm. And he'll ask me questions. Like he'll ask for my input, like what kind of fence or, you know, should it go this way or that way kind of thing. And what do you want for your cows? And um, then he he's the brains behind it and makes it happen. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Yeah. And... You know, sometimes things aren't always in our control. Right. You know? Or perfect. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And you just got to roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> we got our milk barn done this year. Yep. It feels like that. We did a lot this year, but it feels like it was a long time ago. Um, but it was this year that we... A lot happened. We poured concrete. We ran water lines. We sided. We did all kinds of things mm-hmm. like that. So my milk room got done this year. Yep. 
the feed shed got moved to a logical place. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and things like that just make a big difference in, you know, how the farm functions and how much time you're having to spend out there. Right. Your morning chores, your evening chores. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Um, Another one besides um, delegating for sanity, (laughs) infrastructure for sanity, (laughs) Um, is, you know, knowing your limits in that. Um, and as we have learned the land over the last year, we've learned, you know, how many feet this, this section can hold and how we had too much. Like we thought we had it under control. Let's bring more in. Nope. (laughs) Let's downsize. (laughs) Yeah. So finding that balance. And, um, it's always like that, isn't it? It is. Like you're, we're like, we're good. We got the perfect number. Right. We're good in June. Right. <laughs> Come November when the frost comes. We ain't good. <laughs> we don't have grass. <laughs> yeah, it is up and down. Um, but I, I think we got to a good status quo this year. Mm-hmm. Until now. <laughs> until now. Until winter sets in and everybody needs more grass to eat. And, and we got more cows. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they have babies. And they have babies. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because multiplication is fun. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Uh, for sure. Yeah. I, um, you know, we lost our hazel this year. Um, which was a pretty big blow to our farm. Yeah. But you know, I, have a, I have a good friend who I talked through a lot of that with. And um, what I was willing to do after that happened with the next cow that calved that I was afraid to do. But, like, I knew that if I didn't step up, right, then I might lose another cow here. Yeah. Um, and not just, like, I, I, not just that I loved that cow so much, but... Like, that was a big chunk of income for, yeah. for my farm. It was like, well, I'm going to say it was like 80% of my farm income. Yeah, yeah, which needs to be recouped. Right. You know, that's a big deal. Right. So talking with a friend through that, you know, and then the next cow calved, and, you know, she just really encouraged me, like, I'm so proud of you, and I can't believe, I, I have loved witnessing your faith through all of this. And then now where we are, you know, I just had that that one dairy cow that I had to have, and mm-hmm. I'm sitting at four dairy cows at my house right, right now. Like all of a sudden, like, <laughs> wait a second, what happened? I have how many dairy cows? I know, and <laughs> and they've all of them have just kind of fallen in my lap. Like it's, mm-hmm. I didn't seek out any of them. Mm-hmm. They've all just kind of uh, happened. I've only purchased one of them, and. Um, but they're all That's nice. they're all there for our good, for the good of the farm. And you know, and I've always said like my farm revolves around the dairy cow. Yeah. And so now my farm's gonna revolve around four dairy cows. And the the options and the possibilities that we have with that, it really just has been eye opening to, you know, God closed the door on on my plans and what I thought the direction of my farm was gonna take. And as far as like running it as a business. Right. And, um, but he had a better plan for me that I didn't even know of, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's, you know, my friend encourages me through that. And she's like, and to watch your faith grow through that has been amazing. And, um, so that's, that's a big takeaway. That's probably my biggest takeaway this year. Yeah. So, and where we're going into next year, which I'll save for our next podcast, but, um, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. Well, that's huge. It is huge. It is huge. We've got a lot going on next year. And I say that, but we've got a lot of plans going on <laughs> next year. But you know how we all have, I always say about plans, like, you know, the best laid plans. We right. don't know. Yeah, no, we can make all the plans, but it's ultimately God mm-hmm. that has the plan. You it know, is. it is. So <clears throat> that kind of leads me into my second takeaway <laughs> of 2022 is that if we're not being fed, we cannot bear fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all in God's plan, you know? Right. It, you know, if we're not being fed, we're not going to bear fruit. Um, that started in my garden, you know, with the whole not letting it rest. And I started making my own homemade compost Mm -hmm. and really started feeding the garden. And lo and behold, Mm. I've got all kinds of food coming out of the garden now. Yeah. You know, and it, and it's not just, it's not just about that too. I mean, 2020 kind of, or 2022, (laughs) As a whole, for me personally, I was just kind of like a, it was like a grouchy kind of year for me, like kind of a sad year, kind of a grouchy year, but I wasn't being fed. Right. My Bible has not been opened probably more than a handful of times in this whole past year. (laughs) Yeah, I I have felt that too. You know, that's major. Mm -hmm. That's definitely something that I want to try to do much much better at Mm -hmm. (laughs) feeding myself feeding your spiritually feeding my soul um yeah you know so we can bear fruit right Um, because if we're not being fed we're not going to do it isn't it awesome how often though god speaks to us through well through the garden through the garden like i mean i could say through the farm but it's through the garden it's through the garden time and time and time again and it's so metaphorical like it's I don't know, like just, we did that podcast that time about, um, you know, life lessons learned in the garden or spiritual lessons in the garden or something like that. Yeah. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen because there's so many good examples of that kind of thing. Like you can't produce fruit. You can't bear fruit if you're not being fed. Yeah. Your garden cannot produce fruit if it's not being fed. And that's, you know, that's where that enlightenment came from. But, you know, all those, all those little things like pulling the weed of sin out and, um, sometimes you get crap on your hands. Right. <laughs> you know, we, we did all that because it's true. It's so it true. Is. It's so true. And how often he speaks to us through that. Um, and, and if, if we're not producing spiritually, mm-hmm. and then, then how are we even serving? Right. How is it even possible to serve? Yeah. Our own families, let alone our communities. And we're both sitting here trying to feed our communities. Right. How are we going to do that? Yeah. All the while, honestly, grumbling. Yeah. Oh, there's been the grumbling people. (laughs) There's a lot of behind the scenes grumbling going on that you are not aware of. Yeah. So but yeah, um, how much easier would it be to deal with those situations that we've grumbled about or to deal with a complicated buyer or, you know, whatever, if, if we're spiritually full, Mm -hmm. it would be so much easier because it really would how much easier would God's words come out than my words, you know, or God's plans be fulfilled than my plans. plans. So yeah, you're so right. That is, that's probably the, (laughs) there's nothing else to say. Right. (laughs) That was the biggest thing. 2022 right there. That's it. Yeah. Those for sure. 
I started, uh, so I'm doing a Bible study with a small group of ladies, mm-hmm. and um, one of them's an old friend. She's a buyer of yours, actually, but yep. um, she said, she she turned me on to the uh, Bible Recap podcast, okay. and um, so it's like three or four minutes a day. Nice. And you go through the Bible in a year, but they do a recap of the verses for that day. So it's nice. it goes along with like Bible 365 or something like okay. that. And so um, I started doing that this year. And it really, even if it was just checking the box, like that's, I know that's not how we're meant to be fed. Right. But even if that's all it was that I opened the word, I listened, I, you know, I read it and then I listened back. I yeah. started flipping it where I listened first. Okay. And then read it. And what's it called? The Bible Recap. The Bible Recap. Yeah. I will have to check it out. It's really great. Good. It's really great. And it China it just kind of gives you like a paraphrase of what you're going to read. Mm-hmm. This is who's speaking. This is what else is going on in the time. Right. And that that's know, really context. Nice. That's really nice to hear that context. Yeah. Because th- this it is, really helps your understanding. Yeah, exactly. This is how this word translates, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I... I have picked that up late in the year, but before that, I too was very hit or miss with my quiet time. Yeah. And even if I had my quiet time, I wasn't really opening my Bible like I should. Right. Like I, like I know will feed me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're Gotta not alone in that. You're not alone. Gotta get on it. Mm-hmm. Time to get serious. Mm-hmm. So yeah. What's another takeaway? Hmm. Oh, you were counting on me. <laughs> <laughs> I told Jenny before we got started that I I was like, I don't know. I didn't learn anything this year. I just know where I want to go next year. Mm-hmm. But that's not true. Yeah. I mean, I, I told you as we talk, I know it'll come out. But I think there was just so much that happened for you this year. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of hard to like mentally sort through all of the things that happened. Yeah. I built a huge garden this year. Mm-hmm. Like I know that kind of falls under infrastructure, but that's where I find my peace and yeah. where I take all of my emotions, good or bad, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> rage, <laughs> like, right. whatever it is I'm, I'm personally dealing with. Yeah, I take it to the garden because that's where God speaks to me. Mm-hmm. And so I built a great big huge garden this year, and um, promptly got overwhelmed. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to uh, using that to its full capacity next year, but also in the best way yeah. possible for me mm-hmm. and for, for our community. Yeah. I, I want to be able to grow more for our community, and that's not something I've been able to do this last year yeah. as far as produce goes. Yeah, I'm feeling like next year I may scale back on selling produce um i mean i've always oh you learned your lesson is that what you're saying because 2022 was the first year that i didn't do farm bags out of my garden right i mean i had done it maybe three years in a row yeah prior to that maybe even four years in a row i think probably I i did that several years in a row but with success yeah it was good yeah you know and but this coming year, I really think I'm really just going to kind of hone in and focus on, you know, growing for our household, 
um, and really just growing better, Mm -hmm. growing more efficiently, growing better, Mm -hmm. um, making my own compost, Mm -hmm. which I will, this is a side note, and I don't know where I heard it, but a long time ago, I heard that you should buy compost from like a bagged compost from the store because it's more reliable and it's more like tried and true or whatever the lingo was that I heard. And I completely disagree with that. Mm -hmm. You know, it, the person basically said like, if you're making it yourself at home, like you don't really know and blah, blah, blah. We don't have like a guaranteed analysis, I guess. No. Unless you're having it lab tested. Right. And (laughs) now that I've made three batches out of my freezer compost. Right. And now that I've done three batches of it, I'm like, no. I mean, now that I've been putting it into the garden and actually seeing how stuff grows with the homemade compost versus the store-bought compost. Right. It's not the same. The store-bought compost, it was not reliable for me. I didn't feel like it really, like, gave me good production and gave me nice big green plants. Mm -hmm. But the homemade compost made just out of, like, the chicken manure and sheep manure and grass clippings and... Mm -hmm. Whatever biomass I can find laying around, right? It's been better. I love to hear that because I feel like compost is one of those things that kind of eludes the the new homesteader. Mm-hmm. Not even the new homesteader. Yeah, but, I mean we've been living this right. life for a long, long time, and we've not really successfully and consistently right. produced compost. Yeah. But I love to see what you're doing. It's I think going to be a game changer next year in the garden. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. I haven't figured it out yet, but I, it's on, mm-hmm. it's definitely on the books. It's on the list for 2023. Yeah. Yep. Compost, worm, vermicomposting. Worms, yes. Doing the worm farm thing. Yes. For sure. Going to do that. Yeah. Um, That's a great idea. Yeah. I, I just, I love how much success you've had already. And, and it's and been so easy. You haven't like, you haven't. <laughs> It's not been as scary as you thought it was going to be. Like, no. we were, we're so afraid to do the wrong thing. I know. That we don't do anything. That you don't do anything. Yeah. You know? And it's like, you know what? No. I have this broken freezer. Yeah. And darn it, I'm just going to try. A little of this, a little of that. A little right. more of this, a little more of that. And here right. you go. And it's working. Yep. So, I love that. I love to hear that. So, doing something. Mm-hmm. That's a big takeaway. Mm-hmm. Doing something. Doing something. We would say just plant, right? Right. Just put it in the ground. Yeah. Just try it. Just, just see start. what happens. Just, just start. start with one thing. Uh-huh. And then when you do that one thing good, do another. Yeah. I, I'm i going to redirect my focus next year, kind of similarly to what you're saying. Not that I'm going to grow less for the public, but I'm we're, we will do less. We will do less. Um, but we are going to focus more on milk and chickens. Yeah. Milk and chickens. I'm thinking I'm going to focus more on chickens as well. Yeah. Only because I won't really have any beef. Because <laughs> they're growing. Because it's yeah. slow food. It is slow food. It's not fast food. I don't know when we're going to have beef again. It'll be a while. Yeah. Pork. We're bringing the pork back. Yep. That's all for the next podcast. Yeah. Where we're going. Yeah. I have a lot of plans. Mm-hmm. But... I hope I hope I've learned lessons this last year. I don't 
I mean, I, like I said, I, I can't think of anything profound other than what I've already said. Yeah. I mean, my, my plans are not always the best plans, and I don't know that my plans are going to work out until I've, I've always said, like, in my faith walk that I need God to, like, smack me in the face with an answer. Right. Like I can't, don't leave it to me to question. Mm -hmm. Is this, is this what he's saying? Mm -hmm. Is this, is, did he open this door? You know, mm -hmm. I can't discern that way. Yeah. I need an absolute yes or no. And so, you know, when things happen, I feel like that's his absolute no. Yeah. Or his, you know, he opens a door. If a door opens, okay, well, God, <laughs> I feel like you opened this door. If you didn't, please close it. Right. <laughs> And so that's, that's how I've looked at the farm over the last year. And I, I hope I can keep doing that. Yeah. So for sure. So, um, do you want to switch gears a little bit? What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't talked about what's going on with your farm. You know? Oh yeah. Like we haven't, we haven't talked at all. I know because it's, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah. So yeah. you have new stuff happening. Well, um, let's see here. I have piglets on the way. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm hoping or kind of expecting that we'll, between the two sows, we'll probably get 20-some piglets. Yeah. Something like that. Probably. Um, you know, 15 to 20, maybe a couple extra. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, because we brought that new boar on, and um, he was a good decision, he seems to have done his job. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's done his job. He was a good decision. So. And he's a good boar. He's not mean at all. No, he's not mean. Um, he does stand up on his hind legs, and he puts his front paws up on the fence okay. whenever he sees me coming in the morning. Like, oh, here she comes. Uh -huh. I'm going to stand up on the fence. <laughs> you know, so I could do without that because I'm pretty convinced he could jump it. He's big. Yeah. That mama, that blue butt mama you got out there. They're all big. She's enormous. <laughs> She's way bigger than Big Mama. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, piglets, uh, probably late January and then again in February. Mm -hmm. um, and lots of lambs about to hit the ground. Right. Um, well, I mean, I say lots, but for sure two, maybe three, um, which is good, you know. So, you won't be building to keep any more ewes. You said, um, I, you know, I don't know. I really, um, I don't know. Maybe I would feel better with more use. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use that. Honey, I would feel better if we had some more cows in use. <laughs> right. Because I mean, in my mind, when I started this whole sheep thing, I felt like the lamb production was going to be a little bit faster. Like maybe they would grow out a little bit faster, mm. but in all reality, they have not grown out super quick on my farm, but right. you know, they're just wandering around eating grass. Yeah. You know, the only time they get like grain or something like that is if they're in with the cows and they're eating the cow food. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, maybe they would grow out faster if I fed them out better I don't but I don't but I don't want to do that I want them just on grass and right. wandering around and they're fine like that so and it's way cheaper yeah um 
so, you know, I mean, really, they're not ready for the freezer until they're close to a year. I was going to say a year, yeah. I feel like. And so, I, I mean, I guess in my mind, I just thought that, that was going to happen faster. So. Yeah, I mean. And maybe I would feel better. I say I would feel better with more use if I got them on different rotation. You know, <laughs> like everybody doesn't lamb at the same time. Like make a plan. Right. Like make a plan and like control these animals and not just have them free ranging all over creation. Right. Um, but that's how I roll. So um, it would mm-hmm. be nice to have the lamb staggered. Maybe so we were butchering like every six months. Right. Right. Put instead in, of once a year. Instead of once a year. So. That's something we're considering too, as we think about next year and growing, growing our little sheep herd. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, and I wonder, like, do I really need two rams? Not right. that there's there hasn't been any issues, right, with either of them, other than one that we call Redneck. He was headbutting me for a while, but mm. Tori nipped that in the bud for me. Thank goodness mm-hmm. he doesn't do that anymore. So oh, good. We don't have any issues with them. And I mean, if I'm not really. Two is not a bad idea, especially. They're together. If they're right, they have a friend if they're separated from the ewes. They don't like to be alone. Yeah. Which that has worked out really good keeping the rams just in with the cows and letting all the other sheep just kind of free range. Mm -hmm. In Um, the yard. In the yard. (laughs) So far, so good. They seem to be doing well that way. (laughs) You know, they're fat and happy. So. Right. Um, as far as cows go, we should have, Daisy should be calving hopefully in January, mm-hmm. um, which will be another, you know, Aberdeen Angus. Calf. How long do those minis take to grow out for beef? Well, the one that we have, Rose's calf right now is six months old. Um, and I mean, hopefully... Looks like about half the size. Hopefully two years. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's growing good. Yeah. I mean... And he hasn't been... He has been castrated. Yes, he's been castrated, yeah. But we waited until he was five months old. Okay. Um, And even though he's a mini, Mm -hmm. that sucker was hard to get castrated. (laughs) I mean, to like... We waited on ours, too. You know, two full-grown men... You know, yeah, I'm not looking forward to doing that, you know. So, but I'm glad that we did wait like we did because I really feel like his grow out's going to be better, yeah. And that's the benefit of waiting, yeah, it really is. There's a lot of studies with that, and it's something like we had had this conversation with my um AI tech about a month ago, and he was like, oh, I don't know about that, like you're looking at castrating six month old bulls, I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's like, oh, I don't know about that, but um, and so we we have waited, and now we have two six month old bulls, and that's not going to be fun. But and I don't even know about using the Berdizo once they're that age, right? Um, so we may be banding or cutting. Yeah, I don't I don't know about cutting at that age either because like right. there's more chance of blood loss. Mm-hmm. Um, we banded ours. You have five months. Yep. Okay. I think we'll probably band ours. Um, our that little orphan that we picked up a few months ago. He's so big, like he's burly, and, and he was the scrawniest little sack of bones. I know. <laughs> he has really grown out so That's well. Awesome. I mean, Belle. He's been on that Belle milk. She's mm-hmm. 
she she feeds all the babies. We we just got them separated last weekend, and um, well, like yeah, Sunday, and it's Friday now. Yeah, they haven't stopped crying. <laughs> of <laughs> course not. All week long. As soon as <laughs> one, there's two of them together, they're six months old. They're plenty old enough to wean. Um, I separated them off because Belle is she's just drawn down. She needs to put some weight back on before she breeds back, and thankfully she picks up weight real fast. Yeah. So. But she also loses it real fast. Mm -hmm. So we got her separated. And those two, like, as soon as one stops crying, the other one starts and gets, then they're both going again. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, guys. (laughs) But um, if I I need to get them, like, where they can't see Belle and Rose. And then um, they probably would stop crying sooner. But they're, and they're eating, like, they're eating plenty. They get a lot, actually, probably more grain than they need because Uh I'm like, shush. Right. Shush, please. Here's some food. Right. <laughs> so I'm not looking forward to castrating, though, at this point because they're big. Yeah. You know what's funny? So Belle's baby is that Wagyu cross. Yeah. And they take a long time to grow out. That's just okay. their genetics. They're, okay. I, I don't want to say like a heritage breed, but I guess they kind of are like a heritage breed. Um, they take a long time to grow. And like you're looking at at least two years to mm-hmm. between two and three years. Well, you know what? I think just, I mean, cows in general, from what we've experienced, I mean, we've always fed grain, but I don't feed a ton of grain, mm-hmm. but the cows that we have sent that have been two and like a little bit younger or even two and a half mm-hmm. for me, they just don't have enough fat on them yet. Right. Like, I really feel like you need to let them get a little bit older, you know, if they're not on a ton of grain. Um, Right. They just, I don't know. I think I prefer the older cow taste and fat. Well, the flavor comes in the fat. Yeah. Right. Between the fat and the the aging after Mm -hmm. slaughter. So, yeah. Yeah. At least two years. He takes, they take a while. He's so cute and tiny. Mm -hmm. Like, he's so cute and tiny. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He doesn't like us. Like, I can't get my hands on him unless we rope him. But um, he he still is not eating grain. I know, He's like four months old. Wow. He does not care. He keeps he sticking care. his nose in it, and he does not care. And I okay. wonder, like, so their grow out takes longer. Is their mature, does their maturity happen later? I don't, I really don't know. We don't have any experience with them. Right. But um, I've never seen a beef calf not want grain like the first week after they're born right (laughs) until this guy and it's funny because like he's with his mama who eats usually that's the encouragement that they need they see mama eat they eat Mm -hmm. um he's with the other calf or he has been with the other calves he's still there is still one other calf that he's with um and now a yearling but um he they eat he sticks his nose in it but he doesn't just not interested Mm -mm. no Hay, grass, yeah, mama, yeah, and he does look at minerals. Okay, he does that. So, um, I mean, I'm not complaining. It's just an interesting observation. Yeah, that because like some of, some of these beef babies when they're born, like they eat grain the second day they're after they're born. Uh, yeah, all of our calves. Yeah, if you put it out, mm-hmm. they're eating it quick. It's funny. Early dairy cows aren't like that. No, no, they're all with the drama though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're crazy, crazy drama. No, our our dairy calves don't usually want grain until they're months old. It's weird. 
Interesting. That's been my experience yeah. anyways. I'm sure somebody out there is going to say she's wrong, but right. that's been our, our experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they just aren't into it. Um, so early where the, the beef ones they are, except for this little Wagyu. Mm. So. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, another thing I, uh, that occurred to me the other day that I thought would be fun to talk about is like Thanksgiving dishes and Christmas dishes. Oh yeah. Like, do you have anything like homemade that you did for Thanksgiving? Oh yeah. Or that you're going to do for Christmas. That's like fabulous. So we're doing a, a ham for a, one of our hams. One of your Christmas. hams. Yeah. Okay. Christmas ham. I did. Now, did you have the butcher smoke that ahead of time? Yes. Or is it like, okay. Yes. Yeah. They, yeah. It's, it's their smoke cure. And so yeah. really it's done. All, all we have to really do is heat it up. Yeah. Um, and so we'll do that and, um, that'll be super special. Yeah. And we did one for Easter or I'm sorry, not Easter. We always do ham at Easter, but, um, for Thanksgiving, we didn't do a Turkey. Um, we had flu hit our house right before Thanksgiving. Oh no! And so instead of spreading it amongst family, we opted to not host Thanksgiving as planned last minute. And it was, so it was just the four of us. I yeah. was like, I'm not cooking a 20 pound turkey for, for the four, four of us. No. And my people don't even like turkey. Right. So they don't care about <laughs> they it. They yeah. didn't want it. So I dropped the turkey off with my mama and she ended up doing Thanksgiving for everybody else. And, um, we did a ham. So, nice. um, when we, when we have pigs butchered, we usually get the hams done in halves. Mm-hmm. So we had one for Thanksgiving and I heated it in, uh, like a countertop roaster oven right, with some water in the bottom on a rack, flat side down. It was mm-hmm. perfect. Nice. It was perfect. So we'll do one for Christmas. Yeah. Um, we also did a sweet potato casserole. That was our sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. It was super easy because they were last year's sweet potatoes. So okay. they were canned. Oh, nice. I need to use them yeah. up. So they're already cooked. Right. It was super fast. <laughs> it was super fast. I used our eggs in it. I used our cream in it. Um, obviously some sugar. And um, I used a friend's pecans from their farm. Nice. On the top. And so, yeah, that was that was good. Um, I'm trying to think what else is something that we grew. We didn't do a lot because it was just the four of us. Right. It was, it was like, I'm not eight. doing all the sides, you guys. Yeah. It'll be a nice dinner, and that's right. that. <laughs> right. That's good enough. Yeah. I did a good sweet potato dish um, for Thanksgiving this year, too. Um, not like the traditional sweet potato dish, but mm-hmm. um, so sweet potatoes that we grew here. And I also used um, Seminole pumpkins. Mm-hmm. And, um, so what I did was I just cubed those up, olive oil, salt, and pepper, roasted them. Yum. And then once they were just about done roasting, I took crushed up roselle, my roselle oh. that I fermented in the honey. Uh-huh. And then I mixed up that. Oh, yeah. The roselle and the honey with the sweet potatoes oh, and very the seminal pumpkin. I know. And then I took pecans <laughs> and put it oh in gosh. there. It was ridiculous. <laughs> That sounds yeah. Um, it was really, really good. That sounds really good. So, and then I made it again the other day. We we had some family in town. That's been and so on we had my a radar. steak night. Yeah. And um, I was like, oh yeah, we can do steaks, and I'm gonna do that Roselle <laughs> sweet potato seminal pumpkin dish. So yeah. it was super yummy. That sounds yummy. Super yummy. So now I am on the hunt for something for Christmas breakfast. Hmm. We do a sweet and a savory. Okay. We do both for Christmas every year. Um, so 
This is kind of stupid. Um, normally we do like the savory is like breakfast casserole. Right. But I'm going to change it up this year. And then the sweet is we float between a baked French toast, uh, cinnamon rolls, yeah. monkey bread, yeah. stuff like cinnamon, yeah. sugar, and it's stuff that gets picked out all day. Yeah. Um, but my savory this year, so, okay, I saw one of those like quick reels about make this appetizer it's crowd pleaser every time and it was basically like canned biscuit dough cream cheese cheddar cheese bacon bits and you put the dough like you cut the biscuits into pieces and put them in a fill up a mini um muffin tin okay all the little cups right and then you mix your cream cheese your cheddar cheese your bacon bits and scoop that in the middle and then you bake it it's super easy so we went to a friend's giving eric and i did after thanksgiving and um we, we brought that and it was, it was great. I mean, you can do it with your homemade biscuits just as easy mm-hmm. as buying biscuit in a can. And so we were taught my family, when we do Christmas, um, we are doing appetizers for dinner. Everybody's okay. bringing an appetizer it's a great idea. For, for our Christmas Eve. Yeah. A Christmas family celebration. So my kids were like, Hey, you should make that biscuit. Thing. Make the biscuit. Yeah. I was like, Oh, well I am. <laughs> <laughs> But I am going to do a, do a twist with it. So we made a bunch of pepper jelly this year. I sold at that event I did last week. Yeah. And um, we've given some as gifts. And we used our blackberries, our peppers, and that blackberry pepper jam. I've never done it with blackberries before. Super Amazing. yummy. Amazing. Love it. It's I thought I loved peach pepper jam. Right. It's so much better than peach. Mm. It's so good. We did peach, too. But, um, so I'm going to do the biscuit. I'm going to do, um, my pepper jack cheese in the middle, top it with a little dollop of the pepper jam. Uh Oh my God. It just sounds so good to me. It does sound really good. And isn't it so satisfying to pull together these amazing dishes that like almost all of it came from the yard? Yes. I I did it. it. Yeah. I mean, minus flour, sugar, and salt. (laughs) Right. I know. know. If I could just figure out how to grow rice. Right. I have some <laughs> rice seed. So do I. I bought I'm it. scared to waste it. Like, I'll, I don't know. No, I bought a huge bag of it one day, like, on a whim out at the Purple Gator in Stark <laughs> when they were open. They, you know, sell a bunch of seeds and whatnot. And yeah. it's like a gallon-sized Ziploc bag of rice seed. And I bought it not knowing anything about growing rice. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. I don't want to mess it up. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure it's a no-go. Right. I don't know. I mean, I know it likes wet, right? (laughs) And the other night, speaking of rice and things that come from the yard, um, my younger son is walking through my house right now holding a dead squirrel that he just went and hunted. Good job. The other day, him and his friend, they got like four squirrels. Nice. And, you know, the rule is you hunt it, eat it, it. you have to clean it, you do it yourself, and mama will cook it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we ended up doing, um, I cooked all these squirrels in my crock pot overnight, and Mm -hmm. the next morning they were just falling off the bone. And so we did like, you know, like chicken and rice, but it was squirrel and rice. Right. And that happened to be the day up at their school where it was like parents get to come to lunch, to Christmas luncheon. And so here I come with a huge crock pot full of squirrel and rice. Squirrel and rice. (laughs) (laughs) It's those grams again. (laughs) Isn't this 
normal? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> no, none of the other kids would eat it. What? Except for Cohen and his friend. And um, one of the teachers was a good sport, and she had some squirrel and rice. So cool. it was fun. That is fun. <laughs> that is a fun thing. I love that. Um, I'm trying to think of what else for holiday meals. Uh, like, well, we have broccoli and cauliflower coming in, cabbage. Yeah. Oh, we did cabbage at Thanksgiving. That oh, was one of the things I did. Yes, cabbage. My Napa cabbage. Yeah. I love it. I'm going to grow the Napa cabbage every year now. Yeah. Um, now that I figured out it really likes shade. It does. It really likes the shade. The first one I picked was like almost four pounds. And so we've been doing like egg roll in a bowl Mm -hmm. with that. It's so good. You could do that with your squirrel. Right? I know. (laughs) Your shredded squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's fun. I like egg roll in a bowl. It's one of my favorite things. Yep. Well, so, yeah, we're growing a winter garden. We're getting ready for our first real cold coming. It's going to be bad. Like, they're talking snow. I know. Like, in the 20s. I know. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm getting all my stuff It's a little out. too cold. That's too cold. It's a little, I mean, like, we, we do live in Florida. Our winter gardens, a lot won't survive that. No, I'm really going to like cut down like all my salad stuff. So it's below the top of my raised beds. I'm yeah. going to cover those. Yeah. Um, I'm going to cover my strawberries yeah. because I do not want to risk those. I have a ton of green berries, a ton. I've got a bunch of blooms on mine too. Yeah. And a couple of little berries I noticed just yeah. the other day. So I know I'm going to cry. And then there's <laughs> my garden this all winter. All of my new, all of our new like grocery row gardens. The trees. Stuff, the trees. Okay. So scrublands, did you see what they're doing? No. Okay. So they're doing like what David the Good says to do with the trees. Okay. So you build like a little cage with chicken wire right. or four by two wire or whatever. Right. Um, build that around your trunk and fill it with leaves. And they okay. say oak leaves because they'll compost better later. Okay. Faster. Um, so fill it with leaves and that helps insulate your trunk and then you can wrap that. Like if you have, um, like citrus and, and, or your, um, the papaya, your tropical thing. I know. Yeah. I know. For your papayas, you know what I would do? I would build like, I would use T-post and I would build something that you could put plastic over the whole thing without it touching the plant. Yes. Luckily, they are right up against my garden fence. Yeah. On one side, uh, actually, on two sides. They're kind of in the corner. And so the fence behind them is like five feet tall. So I figured um, we have a bunch of like metal conduit from Tori's work stuff. And so like really long pieces of it. I'm going to feed that down through the back of the fence. Perfect. So it's taller. Yeah. And yeah, come over it. Yeah, for um, sure. Make a little greenhouse. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do too. And then I've seen where people will do, um, they'll like fill up a barrel of water because that water takes a lot more energy to freeze and put okay. that in next to the, to the plants okay. and that'll keep your plants from freezing as well. Okay. So. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to that. I know. I'm not either. But that's yeah. why when I always say we're at like 8B slash 9A, yeah. that's why. We, because yeah. we, we get that 8B cold sometimes. So Every once in a while. Every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So... So again, here we are with our best laid plans. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. 
let's not go there. Sure, we can grow tomatoes mm. almost to January. Last year, I cut my tomatoes in January. I know. That was when I was pulling them out to I had be done. winter tomatoes last year, and so mm-hmm. I guess this year it's going to be like a bunch of fried green tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I'd made a bunch of green tomato relish last year. Okay. When they came yeah, in. Yeah, I thought about maybe doing like some green salsa or something. Yeah. I've got a ton of peppers. And I've seen where people up north, they don't get their tomatoes to ripen before their first frost, that they bring the whole plant in and they hang them upside down, like in their cellars and stuff. We don't know what that means in Florida, but they hang the whole plant and the tomatoes ripen that way. Interesting. I don't have experience, obviously, but might be worth looking into. I could maybe... Hmm. Or a homesteading family. Yeah. They do, like, they have a box. They put, they line their green tomatoes in the box and separate them, like, with paper, like, packing paper. Okay. And, or construction paper, and they stack them up that way in the box, and then they ripen over time. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if the variety is different than what we do here. I really, I mean, I don't I've know. got some pretty good sized tomatoes that are like. Me too. Like <laughs> just about to ripen. Come on. <laughs> I just want to see some blush before you come in. Yeah. Right. So, I don't know. Maybe it won't get as cold as they say. I listened to Mike's weather page this morning. I have not. And he did say we're a week out. From this cold, which is iffy. Okay. He said, 10 days out, you can't trust it. Okay. Inside of a week, you can We're trust it better. We're right out of week, so keep an eye the next few days, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So they're talking snow, though. Snow in Florida. Which would be kind of cool. I it mean, would be kind of cool. If I lost my garden to cold, it better snow. It better snow. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm sitting. <laughs> so... Well, we hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving and have a wonderful Merry Christmas. Yes. And um, we're going to come back after Christmas and talk about our 2023 plans. Yes. That'll be our next podcast. The best laid plans. We don't have a date yet because that's not how we roll. No. (laughs) (laughs) But we will be back. We will be back. So thanks for listening, guys. Yep. Thanks, y'all. Bye.